You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 138, COVID Fatigue, how to feel more hopeful and optimistic if you're tired of COVID. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Are you experiencing COVID fatigue? Now, if you haven't heard that term before, I hadn't either, but I saw it one day outside a store. There was a poster and it said, are you experiencing COVID fatigue? And at first I was thinking they were talking about the side effects of COVID or the symptoms of COVID where you're fatigued, you're tired, you have shortness of breath, body aches, all of that. But that's not what it was talking about. So I read on this poster and it had some bullet points and it was saying things like, are you tired of wearing a mask everywhere? Are you tired of always thinking about washing your hands and germs? Are you tired of working from home or not knowing if your kid's school is going to be closed? And it basically listed all of the things that I think many of us are tired of. So in this episode today, we're going to be talking about COVID fatigue, which basically is just being exhausted and over COVID. Like we're just over it. We're done with it. We wish it would just go away. Many people in the general population experience this, but especially nurses who are working with COVID patients and thinking about COVID constantly and hearing statistics and having people ask them questions about it in their daily lives because they're nurses and they're knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. Nurses are surrounded by COVID, not just the virus itself, but just information about COVID and talking about COVID. And so Today, I wanted to help you sort through that COVID fatigue so you can feel better. So if you're feeling exhausted right now, if you're feeling over it, if you're feeling burnt out about hearing about COVID and wearing a mask and all of that stuff, today I want to help you feel more energized, more hopeful, and more at peace. Okay, so as I was thinking about COVID fatigue, I was like, okay, I I definitely feel like that resonates with me. You guys know I love having a term for something when I'm like experiencing it, like all of those things on those bullet points, but to have it like summed up in a phrase like COVID fatigue, I love that because it makes it feel validated. It's like, okay, there's a term for it. I'm not the only one experiencing it. And so that just feels good to me. And so I was definitely like, okay, I can relate to that, but how do we work through this COVID fatigue? So I started to think about other times in my life when I have felt fatigued and a couple different situations came to mind. So the first was when I ran a half marathon. It's been a while since I ran a half marathon. I originally, when I ran one, I made this goal. I was like, okay, every five years, I'm going to run a half marathon so that I like stay in the habit of running. And then every once in a while, like really get into running. And I just thought it would be good for me. Did not stick to that. (laughs) My half marathon was probably over 10 years ago now. But anyways, I did run a half marathon at one point and I felt fatigued during it. Physically fatigued, right? Because I was running a long distance 
and my body was getting tired. Now, another time in my life I felt fatigue was giving birth. I've got two children, have given birth two times, and both times I was hoping to have a natural birth, but throughout the birthing process, I got fatigued and I ended up getting an epidural. So those were the two times that came to mind for me. And as I was thinking about those experiences with fatigue, I realized it's really not that different from COVID fatigue. The context is very different, right? They are very different situations, but as far as the underlying principles go and what's happening with us, we can learn a lot from those other experiences of fatigue. So the thing that I thought was interesting as I was reflecting about running a marathon and giving birth was that even though there was an element of physical fatigue with both of those, right? I was running, I was doing something very physically exhausting. A huge part of the fatigue for both of them was the emotional fatigue. So I realized that in both cases, when I started walking or when I got the epidural, it wasn't because I was so physically exhausted that I couldn't possibly do it anymore. It was that I was emotionally exhausted. So when I was running the half marathon, I remember thinking, I've still got like five more miles to go. That's gonna take a long time. I don't know if I can do this. And it was all of that in my head that made me decide I should walk for a little bit. It wasn't that I was so physically exhausted that I couldn't possibly run anymore. It was those thoughts where I was thinking, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can endure that long. That's what made me make the decision to start walking. And it was the same with my births. So for Evelyn, when I had her, I had worked all the way up until my labor. Like I had worked full-time night shift. And so the day before I went into labor... Well, the day before I hadn't worked, two days before I had worked a night shift. And so when I went into labor, I had still been on the night shift sleep schedule. I'd stayed up all night long. And then I was about to go to sleep at 7.30 in the morning and my contraction started. So all throughout the day, I was trying to nap. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to sleep. I'm going to be way too tired when things really pick up. But I couldn't sleep. The contractions were so painful and I was kind of excited about, you know, it was the day I was going to be giving birth. That was exciting. So I couldn't sleep. So I ended up going hours and hours and my labor ended up being like 24 hours. And so if I had gone my whole labor without sleeping, I would have been awake for like 36 hours or something crazy. But during my labor, partway through maybe 17 hours in, I decided to get an epidural and get a little bit of sleep so I could finish the labor strong. And it just hurt. <laughs> Giving birth hurts if you haven't heard before. But I decided to get that epidural. And in that case, I was more physically exhausted. But when I gave birth the second time to Eli, I was well rested, I'd been induced, and I was trying to have another natural birth without an epidural. But when I was maybe five centimeters dilated, I started to think, if this is how painful it is now, how much worse is it going to get? I don't know if I can handle it. How long is this going to take? I don't really know. And so in that case, it wasn't so much the physical exhaustion. It was those thoughts, again, creating that mental and emotional 
stress and worry and exhaustion. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do it that long. I don't know if I can stand the pain. That's what so many of us are thinking in this situation about COVID. Do those thoughts sound familiar to you? How much longer is this going to take? I don't know if I can handle it. Is How much worse is it going to get? That's what I hear many nurses saying. When the pandemic first started, people had a lot of stamina. People were worried, like nurses were scared and overwhelmed, but they weren't exhausted yet. They were feeling pretty hopeful about the future. But then when the next variant came along and the next variant of the virus came along, I've seen so many nurses go into this hopelessness and exhaustion. And it's because they're starting to think those thoughts. How long is this going to take? I don't know if I can handle it. How bad is it going to get? It's like a kid being in a car on a road trip. They always ask, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it must be so excruciating for kids because they don't really have a very definite concept of time, right? So when I tell my four-year-old, it's going to be three more hours. She doesn't really get what that means. And it feels like forever. So we actually were just traveling recently. We went down to LA to visit family for New Year's. And we were supposed to fly back. We had a direct flight. It was going to be two hours easy with kids, right? My kids are pretty used to traveling. So I was like, okay, two hours, we're good. But because of things with the pandemic, our flight got canceled. And a lot of flights were getting canceled and delayed. And so what was supposed to be a two-hour trip turned into a 13-hour journey back home. And for me, I was okay with it, right? Like I understood we're going to get home eventually. It's going to be fine. This isn't my favorite by any means, but it's okay. But for my little guy, Eli, who's 19 months old, He had no idea what was going on. He was like, how long is this going to take? There seems like there will be no end to this. So you can only imagine how much he was freaking out because he was constantly uncomfortable. We're keeping him awake when he was supposed to be sleeping. It was just a miserable experience for him because he didn't see any end in sight. And many nurses are feeling that way. They don't see an end in sight. And so they're starting to think these things like, I can't handle this. How bad is it going to get? And that is what creates the exhaustion and overwhelm. So I want to offer you guys a few tools to reduce that exhaustion, to make it more bearable for you, to help you keep moving forward, even when we don't know how long it's going to be. Okay. So first... I want to offer you this little tool like I was using in the airport, which is going to that future place. Sometimes you guys have heard me talk about with worry, when we're worrying about something in the future, then come back to the present, right? Like if you're worried about what's going to happen during your shift tomorrow, come back to the present moment because in the present, everything is fine. You're safe. You're at home. You're hanging out with friends. You're in your cozy bed. It's all good. But we can also do the opposite when in the present moment, things are challenging, things are exhausting, things are difficult. We can go to the future when things are fine. 
what I was doing at the airport was that exact thing, right? I was in the middle of this uncomfortable situation, flights being delayed, screaming toddler, grumpy kids, all of that, right? But I zoomed out to the future where I was like, okay, we're home now. We're in our house. My kids are getting tucked into bed. We're going to go grocery shopping. Like I even zoomed out even past that so I wouldn't feel overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, in a couple days, this really isn't going to matter. We're going to be home. I'm going to have done the grocery shopping. We're going to be unpacked. We're going to be all settled in. It's okay. We're going to get to that place eventually. Like, I don't know exactly how, I don't know exactly how we're going to get home or when we're going to get home, but I know it's going to happen. Eventually we're going to get to this place in the future and it's going to be okay. And so imagining that helped me deal with the present stresses, helped me deal with those things that were uncomfortable because I knew they weren't going to last forever. And I know the pandemic is a much bigger scale of that, right? Where we're like, okay, I don't know how long COVID is going to be around. I don't know how long we're going to have to take these certain precautions and how long it's going to be a problem. But just zoom out into your mind. You don't have to exactly know when it's going to be or what it's going to look like exactly. But zoom out in your mind to a future place where it is peaceful. And maybe the virus is completely gone. Maybe we have really awesome vaccines. Maybe we've figured out good precautions. We've got new systems in place to make life easier. I don't know exactly how it's going to look, but go out to that place and just hang out there for a little bit. We're going to get there. So right now, you can keep going. You can keep taking those steps forward where you are now. So looking ahead to the future really helped me get through the present discomfort when I was in the airport. But there was something cool I noticed about the other people, the other passengers and people in the airport that they were doing to get through the challenge. And that was taking care of each other. And I so appreciated it because I got to be on a lot of that receiving end of help and care. Because I told you guys, my little guy, Eli, he was having a hard time being on the plane that long. And people were wonderful. Sometimes I get a little nervous flying with my little ones because I'm like, if they cry, if they're loud, are people going to be really rude and mean about it? But it was the exact opposite. So Eli's there screaming, crying, like the whole deal, like pulling my hair, scratching me, biting me. Remember, he's 19 months old, so he doesn't really know what he's doing, but he was just frustrated. And so I happened to be the one he was letting know that he was very frustrated. And all the grandmas stepped up to save the day. One of them had snacks for him. Another one was showing pictures of her pets on her phone. Another person that was traveling near us, they like in the seat next to me, she had a cat that she had just gone to pick up and was bringing home. So she opened the cat's little carrier case down by her feet and let Eli look at her cat for a little while. People were offering games for him to play and all kinds of things. They were just so kind. And this is something that helps all of us. When you're going through a difficult time, you can turn outward and that will build your resilience. It's not just a nice thing to do. It is, I mean, it is a nice thing to do, but 
it helps you as well. So in Bold Nurse Society, my coaching program, I taught a class several months ago on increasing your resilience. And one of the things I taught in that class and I learned about as I was preparing that class was that studies have found looking at refugees and people who have gone through like terrible, terrible things like the Holocaust, some of the most resilient people were people who were caring for others through those challenges. So if they were parents and they were looking after their children, that increased their resilience. If they were teenagers, but they had a job to do, or they were teaching, or if they had responsibility and purpose and were helping others, that helped them be more resilient. So we can take advantage of that in our lives. Not only does it feel good to help other people and does it create this ripple effect of kindness and compassion and and whatever it is you're doing to help them, it moves that forward, but it also helps you. So I challenge you guys to think about how you can turn outward. How can you help others? And it doesn't have to be in huge ways. I have been blown away recently with people doing small acts of kindness. So when I was coming back from my trip, we had a friend who had been dog sitting for us and another friend who was gonna pick us up from the airport. So they kind of knew what was going on with our delays from our trip. And when I got home, the friend who had been dog sitting, she not only had been spoiling our dog Misty like crazy, she had bought her this new cute little sweater and been snuggling her to death and just been so sweet to our dog, but she also had made us homemade sushi and cleaned the house a little bit. And it was just so nice to come home to those things, like to those small acts of kindness. And my friend who picked us up from the airport too, she had gone to the grocery store, gotten some milk and muffins and bananas because she knew we were getting in really late and we weren't gonna have breakfast for the next day. We weren't gonna have time to go grocery shopping. And then another friend who lived far away, but I had told her that I was stuck at the airport and what was going on. The next day, she Venmoed me some money to go grab a coffee from Starbucks. And she was like, you know, I know that those days with little kids are rough. So get a little pick me up. So you don't have to do anything crazy, but something small. How can you take care of those around you at work, at home, with complete strangers, At the beginning of the pandemic, that was the norm. So many people were reaching out to others and having that compassion. And we really came together as a community. I mean, for sure, there was also a lot of contention and division. But in so many ways, we could see that kindness. And it was so heartwarming and helped move us forward. So let's continue that throughout the pandemic and after the pandemic too. How can we take care of each other. Now I know when you're in the middle of something and you're feeling fatigued, sometimes it's hard to look after others, right? Like when I was in the middle of labor, if my husband would have asked me to do something to take care of him, I would have been like, okay, you're crazy. I don't have the energy to do what I'm doing right now. How am I supposed to be helping you? So that's how some of you might be feeling right now. You might be like, okay, Abby, I'm exhausted. I'm at my breaking point. And now you're asking me to do more to help others. And if that feels like it will break you, if that feels like it's too much, 
then don't do it. Don't push yourself too far. Don't feel like you have to say yes to everything. Don't become a people pleaser or feel like you can't set boundaries. So if helping others is something that you've just kind of lost sight of a little bit, or you're like, I could do that a little bit more. It would feel nice to help other people and take the focus off myself. That's what I'm talking about. So do that if it feels good to you and you might find that it energizes you more. But if it sounds exhausting to you, my challenge to you is to reach out for help. A lot of us, especially nurses, we are used to being the ones taking care of everybody else. But if you are that exhausted, if you are that depleted, then please reach out and let someone take care of you. That could be reaching out to a friend and just letting them know you're struggling, to a coworker, to your partner, to another family member. Or if you don't feel like you have someone like that in your life or you're not quite sure who to go to, let that person be me. I would love to be that person for you, to take care of you, to help you work through that mental and emotional exhaustion. So if that's you, if you feel like you're really struggling right now, then reach out to me. Send me a DM, send me an email, or submit a five-minute breakthrough. Five-minute breakthroughs are awesome because you just go fill out a little form about something you're struggling with right now so you can tell me what's going on for you during the pandemic, what's going on with your job or at home, whatever's stressing you out. Answer a few questions about it, and then I will send you back a video of me talking you through it to help give you that clarity and support and guidance through that challenge. Because you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to be the one always taking care of other people. So if you want someone to take care of you and help you and guide you and support you, go to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash breakthrough and send me one of these breakthroughs. I'd love to help you. I'd It's the highlight of my day when I get these submissions. I love to connect with you guys. I know sometimes when there are things like this offered, I'm like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I'm sure they have so much to do. You are not bothering me. I love to do these with you guys. So if you would like some support, if you don't feel like you have that support in your life, or you just want a different perspective, maybe you want some tools to help you work through it, that's what I got for you in five-minute breakthroughs. So again, it's at www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash breakthrough. And you have to type in the www because my website is being ridiculous. So please type in www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash breakthrough and I got you. All right, you guys, I know it's been a long time. I know you're tired. I know it feels so exhausting, but let's Think ahead to that future place. Go there in your mind and enjoy it. Believe in it. Let yourself experience the optimism and the hope and the peace of the future. And then come back to the present and look around. Look around at the other people, who you can help, how you can use your talents and gifts in small ways to make other people's lives better. All right, my friends. You got this. You are awesome. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you later. Take care.